0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Something About Sports Podcast. This is your host once again, Leon Edwards. Thank you guys for joining me on yet another episode. It's appreciated that you guys continue to support, continue to listen. Episode 10.5 is out. I didn't get a chance to promo it too much and things kind of got away from me, but I did get another episode out there for those of you guys that didn't get a chance to check that out. I did get that one out there. It's about the local team. Go check out 10.5 if you haven't had a chance already. This episode is actually going to be a special edition episode though. I'm just going to preview the NBA finals. I want to make sure I get this out before the finals start and, and, and don't miss game one so i'm going to preview the nba finals make sure i get this out to you guys and then in episode 11 i'll talk about how these two teams got there and my thoughts for for the rest of the teams going forward and all that stuff but for this one we're just going to focus on the nba finals by themselves make my predictions say what what i think is going to happen uh, catch people up on what's going on and my opinions of what's going on with the, with everything uh, nba wise. first of all for those of you guys who don't know uh, the NBA Finals will be between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. I think a lot of fans will probably say this is a a breath of fresh air. I wouldn't consider either one of these teams a super team, per se. The Bucks do have uh, three all-star caliber players on their team, but I wouldn't consider it a super team. Giannis is the only MVP, and then the other two guys are bona fide complimentary players. And then, of course, you got a couple superstars on on the Phoenix Suns, but younger guys, not guys who are coming together as established players and even Chris Paul has never been here so it's not something that he's just joining another team of great players and doing it over and over again so I think this is a breath of fresh air for the NBA We haven't really seen this in a while. The non-super teams go at it. In a season like this, to see it end without the super teams, I guess we we probably should have seen it coming when bodies started falling at the beginning of the playoffs. But, of course, we don't really think about that. You still want to stay the course with who you think will be there. I believe my prediction was Clippers versus the Nets. The Clippers at least made it to the conference finals. The Nets didn't even do that. But didn't even get one out of the two teams, <laughs> but that's usually how it goes with stuff like this. Unless you were a fan of the Suns or the Hawks, not the Hawks, I'm sorry, the Bucks. I know a lot of people probably didn't have either one of those teams in the finals just because of the paths that they would have had to take and who you would anticipate them having to play against. Then things kind of changed a little bit, so... Here we are with this finals, but both of these teams have done what they had to do with the path that they've been given, and they have made it here. So you can't take anything away from them for that. Of course, there's always going to be that what if. There's going to be people that try to downplay this championship and things like that. But a championship's a championship. You go out there and you beat the teams that you play against. You're beating other NBA teams, other teams playing at a high level. At this point, you've played in the conference semis. you played in the conference finals. Those aren't going to be slouch teams. Those are going to be really good teams that you beat no matter who's injured, who's not injured, or whatever else. Congratulations to both of these fan bases. If the Phoenix Suns win, it'll be their first championship ever. If the Milwaukee Bucks win, it'll be their first championship, and I believe over 35 years or something crazy like that. So both of these teams are starved franchises. I talked about it in my preview episode 10, I believe it was. My preview of the conference finals talked a little bit about these teams, both all four of the teams being teams with a chance to rejuvenate fan bases and start uh, new generations of fans out. Because none of these teams have been wildly successful for a long time. The Bucks have been winning games, but not at the highest level. And then you have a team like the Phoenix Suns who have been really bad. Uh, you would imagine there's been a generation just about of fans who probably tune the team out. They were that bad for a while, and now they're getting back to relevancy. You're going to get a generation of young fans now that are going to be fans for life after having this experience and following this team. You like to see that as well. Uh, You like to see those, those generations of fans drum up interest in the sport, uh, that's good for sports, that's good for each individual franchise, that's good for cities. You want to have that. You want to have those memorable experiences for those kids and those people growing up in that town to cling on to and continue to build lifelong fans out of them. Because when you're not winning, especially a team like the Suns, you probably lost out on a lot of fans that you could have had for people who just tuned the Suns out in that area because they hadn't been good for so long. I just want to say shout out to them. I want to give a special shout out to Monty Williams. He was my pick for coach of the year. I talked about him no doubtedly. Taking playoff success over that award, and he's done just that. He's gone out there and he's proved why he should have been the coach of the year. His team has played well. He's pushed the right buttons. I mean, he's got him in the NBA finals, So you want to give him a shout out, Coach Mike Budenholzer's been very embattled over the net over the last few years. I will say uh, this was before the podcast, but I was a person who thought that the Milwaukee Bucks should have gone in a different direction after last year. I just thought we we saw enough of the same things out of Mike Budenholzer and out of what the Bucks were trying to do to. See that maybe Mike Bunoz wasn't the guy for the job, but you influx a little bit of talent. You get a guy like Drew Holiday, who's an all-star caliber player, and that changes things. It gives you another option. It gives you a guy who can guard the perimeter. It gives you a guy who can score you 30 points in a, in a, a night that you may need that scoring lift. And then you add him to already pre-established Chris Middleton, an all-star in his own, and then the two-time reigning MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo, just a, a, a great move for the Milwaukee Bucks. This finals appearance, I feel like, validates that move for them. I think that, that proves that this is the move that that should have been made for them. And. I've always loved Drew Holiday. I've always thought he's a great player. I'm glad to see him get his chance in the NBA Finals as well. Giannis has been a guy who he's always seemed like he wants to go about it the right way. He seems like he works hard. He seems like he just wants to win. He sacrifices. He does. He plays defense. He does the little things. So you get happy for younger guys like Giannis to get to see him get this chance. And we'll get into Giannis a little bit more later, but I'm just throwing some things out there. Of course, Chris Paul. CP3, man. Chris Paul has been the best point guard of my entire life, as far as the generation. Chris Ball's, Paul's been the best floor general, probably the best leadership-wise point guard. I caught Allen Iverson. I got a chance to watch him. I consider him a shooting guard. Some people consider him a point guard as far as history is concerned, but I think he was a shooting guard in his day, and I think that's what I classify him as continuously. I just always keep him as a shooting guard. That's the way he played to me, and that's a position I always considered him. But I did get a chance to see guys like Steve Nash. I got a chance to see guys like Jason Key play a majority of their careers. I remember Jason Kidd's uh, finals with the Nets and things like that. I've gotten a chance to see a lot of really good point guards. Of course, Stephen Curry, of course, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard's one who I think is already creeping his way up the all-time list as well. So I've gotten a chance to see a lot of great point guards. I'm probably forgetting some guys, of course, but there's been a lot of them throughout this time frame. But Chris Paul's pretty much been the best for the longest, and he's been he's just continuously been a great floor general, been a great leader he's continuously elevated teams he's continuously played at a high level got his teammates involved played high level defense shot the ball efficiently he's just been he's been the the ultimate floor general the point guy as people have started to call him and to see him get his chance in the nba finals is awesome i think that is just something that it's one of those it's just one of those validating achievements and then also for him to do it in phoenix for him to make it in phoenix and if he does win a championship in phoenix i think it would make all of those years of waiting worth it I think it would make it would it would hold the weight of multiple championships doing it with a team a losing franchise pretty much stepping into a losing franchise taking these younger guys under your wing you're talking about a team Full of guys who've never even been to the playoffs before, let alone an NBA finals. And you're relying on these guys night in and night out. Guys like Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson is another one. I could keep going down the list of these guys. You got plenty of guys that are playing for this team. Dario Sarge, plenty of guys that are in the rotation that are playing every night for this team that have never even been to the playoffs before. And, and now um, you got these guys playing in the NBA finals. You got Chris Paul coming and elevating that team. Jay Crowder seems like he had a lot to do with that as well. Well, um, a guy who's going to back to back finals. He was just in the NBA finals on the Eastern Conference side last season with the Miami Heat. And now he gets a chance to go on the Western Conference side with the Phoenix Suns, which is also a cool story. But the job that that they've done by bringing in Chris Paul, of course, pairing him with Monty Williams, James Jones being the mastermind behind all of that. It's just something that you can't really you can't really script. You can't really make up. You can't really even dream about, especially for it to be Chris Paul's first season in Phoenix. And for him to already being the NBA Finals. So it's, it's probably best case scenario when they dream this whole thing up. And I'm happy for Chris Paul. I'm happy for Monty Williams. I'm happy for James Jones. Happy for that franchise and that fan base. I think this is going to be awesome NBA Finals. I think these teams are a lot more evenly matched than people probably even think. The biggest storyline going into this series, I've talked for 10 minutes and I've said nothing about it. You guys are probably like, "Are she going to talk about Giannis being hurt? But Giannis Antetokounmpo is injured right now. We don't know if he's going to be able to play to start this series out. He didn't play the last two games of their last series, and we don't know if he's going to be able to play in this in the first game of this series. And even if he does make his way back, we don't know how effective he'll be. Giannis Antetokounmpo is a guy whose game is predicated on his physical dominance, his athleticism, the things that he can do that just about anybody else on the planet can't, and if his athleticism is gone, if he's compromised in that way, it can make him a lot less effective as far as helping his team win basketball games. We've got to see how he comes back. If he comes back looking like Giannis, then I think that gives this team a big boost. If he comes back by half capacity or he, he's not really himself, I think that changes things a lot with this series. So you got to pay attention to that as well. You got to pay attention to what's going on with Giannis and seeing where, where he's at in his health-wise. But that's going to be a big factor in this NBA final series if Giannis Antetokounmpo comes comes back or not I think that makes a difference for me and who I think wins the series and, and like I said before I think these teams are evenly matched I think I guess I could run down that a little bit I think at point guard you got Chris Paul and Drew Holiday which I think is a very intriguing matchup Drew, Drew Holiday is one of those guys that it, it's very under the radar but you said it and forget it that Drew Holiday is going to going to guard the best perimeter guy on the other team I think in this case Devin Booker is probably the better scoring guy on the other team but throwing off Chris Paul's rhythm is going to be a lot more important for the Milwaukee Bucks. So I anticipate seeing a lot of Drew Holiday matched up against Chris Paul, trying to keep him out of that elbow area, trying to keep him out of that mid-range, especially in the pick and roll with the way that they run pick and rolls and DeAndre Ayton being so good going to the basket. I think we're going to see a lot of Drew Holiday versus Chris Paul. I think that matchup is very intriguing. I think it could go back and forth a little bit. The biggest thing with that matchup is going to be what Drew Holiday can bring offensively. He's going to bother Chris Paul a little bit. That's just who he is. That's what he does. He's definitely going to do that, but what he can bring offensively on the other as well is going to make a big determination on who decides this series we keep moving down the line you got guys like you got guys like chris middleton and devin booker pat mikhail bridges you got Giannis, of course um, with deandre ayton and jay crowder and then, of course, on the uh, Milwaukee Bucks side is Brooke Lopez. And if Giannis isn't playing, I actually don't remember who they've been starting. P- I think P.J. Tucker's actually starting for them as well. I don't know how. I forgot P.J. Tucker, who I think is going to play a big role in this series as well. You're probably going to see P.J. Tucker get a turn at Devin Booker. You're probably going to see Pat Connaughton get turns at Devin Booker. Chris Middleton, of course, getting some turns at Devin Booker. If Giannis is healthy, we may see him getting some turns. Probably not as many as we would have seen if he was 100% coming into this series, but I think we will see him get his chances. The biggest thing with that is going to be how how the Bucks decide to defend the pick and roll though. The, the Suns have proven time and time throughout these playoffs that they have so many different ways to beat you with the pick and roll with Chris Paul or Devin Booker as the ball handler. That is going to be it's going to be probably one of the biggest keys to this series on how the Bucks defend that. If you drop guys down, you're talking about Chris Paul and Devin Booker just carving you up in the mid-range. But if you play up too high, you got guys like Deandre Ayton who already in my opinion is probably a little bit more physically imposing than Brooke Lopez. While Brooke Lopez is a lot more experienced and I think he can give DeAndre Ayton some issues. DeAndre is very physically imposing. If you give him an advantage where you got Brooke Lopez trying to guard Chris Paul or Devin Booker on a the perimeter, they're gonna find DeAndre Ayton for easy baskets time and time again. It's just it's just what they've proven they can continuously do and you have two guys who are such big threats as scorers off the pick and roll especially in that mid-range area which is like a defensive no man's land a little bit i think that it makes it extremely hard and and i think that we're going to see some we're going to see some great defense from both sides we're going to see some great defense from the bucks that's what they do but they're going to have to figure out uh, how they're going to defend that pick and roll i think that's one of the biggest keys to this the the Milwaukee Bucks as well. Something that I've observed about the Milwaukee Bucks throughout these playoffs is that they haven't really been shooting the three ball that well, and that while the Suns aren't a high volume three point shooting team, which is a Chris Paul staple, they're not a high volume three point shooting team. They've been making them when they count in the playoffs, and the Bucks just seem off a little bit. The Bucks, I believe, the Milwaukee Bucks made what were one of the top teams in basketball um, in three point shooting this year, and I think they actually set the record for most three pointers made, like in a game or something, at some point throughout this season, uh, multiple times. If I'm remembering correctly. It might have been two or three times where they set the record and broke their own record for most threes made in a game So this is a team that can make three-point jumpers Drew Holiday's been seeming pretty inconsistent. Chris Middleton's been seeming um, a little bit better than Holiday, but still inconsistent. P.J. Tucker's not hitting his corner threes like he normally should. I guess he's making his corner threes from when you're watching. Just other threes, he's not really shooting very well, but he's not shooting a three ball at all. And then Giannis, of course, really isn't a three-point shooter. The guys you've really been getting in production from the three-point line from has been Brooke Lopez and, to a smaller extent, Pat Connaughton on lower volume. So that they do definitely need Chris Middleton. They need P.J. Tucker. They need Drew Holiday to step up big time from behind the three-point line. It's going to make a huge difference in this series. I and mean, speaking of those complimentary guys, I think for this series, it, it goes back and forth for me for the, for the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, I think Devin Booker's their best scorer. I think Devin Booker's probably their best as far as talent-wise basketball player, but I think Chris Paul is their best player. Their best overall basketball player on that team is Chris Paul. That's his team, and the, 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 the offense and defense goes through Chris Paul for the Phoenix Suns. So I I think for the sake of this conversation, Devin Booker is going to be the Robin to Chris Paul's Batman. And then you got a guy, and, and this can change if Giannis is playing. So I'll give both scenarios. So if Giannis is playing, then you got Chris Middleton as Giannis is Robin. If Giannis isn't playing, then you got Drew Holiday as Chris Middleton's robbing. And, and this is something that I think I think Chris Middleton is built for as well. Devin Booker, that goes without saying. Devin Booker, he can score you 30 or 40 points any night he wants to, any night he's motivated and the shot's falling. Chris Middleton can do that as well. I think he doesn't have the name or the flair of a guy like Devin Booker, but he definitely has the game. He's definitely continued to improve during his time in the NBA, and it's awesome to see where he is now, an all-star, a Team USA player. But I think a a big thing for this series is going to be the others. I talk about the others. Shaquille O'Neal talks about it on TV constantly. He talks about the others on NBA playoff teams and the difference they can make, and I think this series is going to be no different. With these teams being a little bit more – Evenly match with neither one of them being a super team where you're just top heavy and whoever has the most stars is going to win. I think it's, it's going to be about the other guys. It's going to be about if Devin Booker can step up and give you 25, 35 a night while Chris Paul gives you 20 to 25 a night. It's going to be about if Chris Middleton can step up and give you 20 to 25 a night while you still get that 25 to 30 from Giannis if he's healthy. And if Giannis isn't healthy, then it's going to be up to Drew Holiday to give you that 25 to 30 if Chris Middleton can give you 25 to 30. You got to have everybody step up. And the biggest key to this series is going to be which teams other guys step up better, which teams other guys show up to play more. We're going to definitely see some battles outside of just the top players in this series. And, and a good thing about this series is that the top players aren't overwhelmingly, they are not so overwhelmingly dominant or so overwhelmingly great that these teams are just weighted in either direction. I don't think that Giannis or Chris Paul weighs the scales too far for the other team to overcome. And I think that makes for a very very interesting NBA finals. I think it makes for a unique NBA finals than what we've seen over the last I don't know 12 to 15 years or so. I'm trying to really trying to think back to the last finals that I remember it being more evenly matched type teams teams that aren't as aren't as heavily star leaning multiple superstars super team type teams you're probably you know thinking about before the Boston Celtics got together in 0708 so probably looking at Dwayne Wade's first championship with the heat you know them going against the the Mavericks. This might be a history test. Somebody might call me out on this, but that's the last time I remember that. If you want to count the Warriors and the Raptors where the Warriors got injured, you could say that as well, where there's not just a whole bunch of superstars all over the place, but that whole series was overshadowed by the injuries. And then you had the same situation happen when when LeBron lost Kevin Love and and Kyrie Irving for the Warriors first championship. Neither one of those teams, as they were in the finals, I think were super teams. I think as constructed, the Cavs were a super team. I don't think the Warriors were as constructed were a super team at the time. I don't think they were a super team personally until they actually got Kevin Durant. All right. I got to hop in here real quick and just give an update on what I was talking about on this episode. So I did say that the last time I remember maybe um, not a super team was that D Wade heat team versus the Mavericks. I did forget about the 11 Mavericks that beat the heat super team. And then also the 2014 Spurs who, I consider a super team, but by consensus and probably by definition really wasn't a super team. But I mean, you got all those Hall of Famers and and great players on that team. That's a super team, especially being good enough to beat the super team Miami Heat you know, in five games. So I I did have to go ahead and interject that here because I know a lot of people are probably calling me out about both of those teams necessarily, maybe not being considered super teams by the definition that we go by today. So I wanted to interject that here real quick. And now I'll let you guys get back to listening. Thanks. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. A little tangent I went on talking about a little bit of history. But just giving some thoughts on on how unique this is and how it seems like things are coming back around. I think before last season in the NBA, we started to see the trios start to dip down to duos, and you started seeing groups of two guys get together, which is why the three guys that got together in Brooklyn, we thought that was going to be the end-all, be-all for everybody because everybody else only had two guys. That's why everybody thought they could win, but injuries, of course, took them under, but Either way, we're seeing that. We're seeing the, the super teams dwindle down. We saw it dwindle down from three guys to two guys. Now we're seeing it more spread out. The talent in the NBA is a lot more spread out. There's a lot more great players on a lot more teams, and I think that just makes for – A better league. It makes for more parody. It makes for more fun to watch. Going into the season every year, it's just like, yeah, so-and-so is going to win. We just got to see how they get there. It's not as fun, man. You already know what the outcome is going to be. And of course, you're pleasantly surprised if that's not the case but the intrigue adds to how fun it is to watch the intrigue adds to how fun it is to continue to follow and keep up with these teams keep up with these players and what they got going on i think that a season like this where you came into the season you probably didn't think you had this much intrigue but as the playoffs continue to wear on before the conference finals it was very interesting you really had no idea what to expect and Any combination of teams that would have been in the finals would have been a great storyline and would have been a matchup similar to this one. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see how everything unfolds. I do want to give my prediction, which is going to be very tough. I think that Giannis, if if Giannis misses any time in this series, it's really going to hurt the Milwaukee Bucks. The Suns are just A great team. They're a deep team. They play defense well, and they're they got the floor general. They got the point guard out there. They're going to make the right decisions. They're going to do the right things on the basketball court. And I think without your best player or most dominant player, Giannis is their most dominant player. I think Chris Middleton may be their best basketball player by skill and the things that he can do. That might be a controversial statement, but um, that's something that I've thought for a while. I think Giannis is their most dominant player. Giannis is the guy who can swing wins and losses more. But I think Chris Middleton, from a technical standpoint, is the better basketball player. But either way, without your most dominant player, without your guy who makes the engine go, it's going to be hard to win an NBA Finals and without him for any amount of time. So I think with that being said, and I'm going to stick by this, even if Giannis does end up playing in this series, I'll stick by my pick. I'm going to be pulling for the Suns. My gut is telling me to pick the Bucks if Giannis is healthy and i probably would pick the bucks if Giannis was coming into this series 100% but he's not coming in 100% and he's probably not going to be 100% even if he plays during this series. So i think that i think the phoenix suns are going to do it. i think Chris Paul wins his first nba title in 6 games. It's going to be a celebration for the basketball world, not just for Phoenix but for for the basketball world in general. Chris Paul's one of those guys. He's led the nba players association for a long time. He's got this, the commercials, the State Farm commercials and everything. He, he's just a guy who very likable out from the outside looking in. You hear a lot about the demands he puts on his guys and how hard he can make it on his teammates sometimes. And I think that comes from his continued drive to win. And I think that can come come out in different ways. But either way, this is a guy who has worked to get here. He's a guy who's been playing at the peak of his powers for a long time. He's finally got a chance to get here. A lot of things didn't break his way. He's blown some 3-1 leads. He's had some injuries come up at the most inopportune times. This is a guy who made a game-winner in the last seconds of a game seven and got hurt on the shot. It's just crazy things like that that have have gone on for Chris Paul and that we've seen uh, him have to battle through to get to this point. And I think he finally completes it. Him and Monty Williams is the recipe. That's the ingredients that they needed added to this young core. And I think they complete this in I'll at least I'll at least uh, put contingencies on this. I think by Game Two, and he looks healthy, he's ninety five to one hundred percent. I think the series goes seven, which will still be a Game Seven in Phoenix. So I think that Phoenix Suns will win in six or seven, depending on the status of Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I'm going to stand by my pick of the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to be pulling for the Phoenix Suns just so we can see Chris Paul go ahead and get that out of the way. And that's not to say I wouldn't love to see Giannis win a championship. I'm actually a big fan of Giannis Antetokounmpo's. He's just a younger guy. He's got a, in theory, he's got a little bit more time to get to this point. Chris Paul may not ever get another shot at this. And I hate to see it go by the wayside for one of the best players I've ever gotten to watch. I hate to see him in this career with an opportunity like this and not get it done. I'm going to be pulling for Chris Paul. I'm going to be pulling for the Phoenix Suns. And I'm going to say Phoenix Suns in seven general pick. And of course, that could change depending on Giannis's status. But either way it goes, wanted to get this to you guys. I hope you guys enjoy this little, small, bite-sized NBA Finals preview. I'll get this headed out you guys' way. Episode 11, I'll talk about the losing teams. I'll talk about how those series ended. I'll talk about what went wrong for those losing teams and also how the teams in the finals won it. So I will get into that as well in episode 11, along with a lot of other stuff. I want to touch on the NIL and different things like that. Be checking out for episode 11 this week. That's going to be coming really soon to you guys too. But for this one, that's all I got for you guys today. Don't forget to go follow out on Instagram, S.A. Sports underscore podcast, YouTube something about sports, and of course, you can write me on on Gmail as well, S.A. Sports 913 at gmail.com for any inquiries or suggestions or things like that. Got some different things that I want to get going, some some other kind of things in the works right now, trying to work out some kinks, trying to figure some things out, but I do want to start to bring some variety to the content a little bit, so you guys will see that. You guys will start to see that a little bit more, and that'll probably come with the twitter page too when i make this twitter page we'll get some more variety in the content but i appreciate you guys that are still supporting and rocking with me even with just um the audio and, and continuing to be a little inconsistent with the time frames but I, I appreciate you guys for still supporting it means the world to me i'll keep bringing these to you hope you enjoyed this one and until next time